welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched, I'm pretty sure, episodes 9 and 10, right? Did I get those numbers right? Yes! Yeah. Of Alchemy of Souls. As usual, I have some big ol' complaints, even though oh, really? I love the show. Yeah, I, I have like okay, a thing okay. that's like the second most annoying part about this entire show <laughs> that really came through in shining colors this week. Um, okay, I think we have the same thing. Yeah. But I have one good thing, too. I have one good thing, one bad thing. I also have a good thing. I think they've done some really, really good storytelling with uh, with one part in particular. Like, they've done good storytelling generally, but Bro. there's one part. I think we have the same... Do we Our have the same good bad thing and one good bad thing? thing? or the same thing. They have to be the same. <laughs> We're the same person with the same voice. We're the same. Oh, my God. Okay. We'll just say it at the same time. Three, two, one. I'm sorry, we can't do that because our <laughs> lag is so bad. Yeah. I was going to say, like, wait, are we doing the bad thing or the good thing? Whereas we just both start talking, we both just like start <laughs> saying something. <laughs> oh, so excited. Um, I know just from our eye contact that we are on the same page. Yeah. Should we, as usual, start with the thing that annoys us so that we can get closer to ending on the good thing or whatever the case may be? I think so, because also the thing that annoys us that i think is the same thing because we did briefly mention it before the podcast i assume Mm -hmm. that's what we're starting on is not that bad it's not it's not as bad as some of the essay stuff that they did in previous episodes so the bar's low yeah yeah uh yeah like i said it's the second most annoying thing which is to say i i refer to it as annoying I guess the first most annoying thing is also, yeah, the the thing we have spoken aloud essays. We've done spoken word poetry about um, previously, <laughs> which is just like women in this show, which I do want to touch on again in this one, um, but briefly, briefly. But I want to focus more on the second most annoying thing, which I'm just going to finally say it. It's the fucking love dodecahedron that they've come <laughs> up with, the like... That everyone is in love with whoever is not in love with them. No one is, there is not any, like, one-to-one, like, segment, you know, where it's, like, you've got, like, point A, a ray. Is a ray a line connected by two end points? Yeah, we have none of that shit. (laughs) Because it would be too lovely. It would be too lovely. It would lovely. be too normal. It would give you any sense of stability. Yeah. And that's that can't happen. We simply could never. We simply could never have something so straightforward because they introduced multiple new um, love interests for people that are already in love with someone else. Oh, that yeah. We've already established we don't need another conflict of who are who are they going to be in love with. Like we don't no one was asking for that no one needed it. So I I am it, like you said it's not that bad. It's just it's so annoying. Yeah. And I think it's not ever subtle. I like we got so e. She's the new she's one of the two new females that we got. We got Two basically new female characters. Awesome. Let's add them to the roster. She's fine. I don't have a strong opinion on her yet. But then they're like, she's kind of in love with Soyul, which I get. Like, anyone starts fighting and I'm in love with them as well. I get it. Mm-hmm. And she was a damsel in distress. Like, that's hot. But I felt like it could have been played down a little bit more. Like, they gave us this childhood crush sort of thing, this, like, like I said, this damsel in distress, she's got butterflies, she's like, ooh, this guy just saved me, he's kind of hot, maybe I should have talked with him a little bit longer, but maybe I just got so annoyed by it by being like, but everybody's in love with everybody all the time, so nothing means anything, I cannot feel anything anymore. Right, because it's, it's like they have, it doesn't even feel like they have enough characters to have as many different love triangles or like polygons dodecahedron like 3d shaped love (laughs) triangles that they've interconnected and woven together where i'm like where are you even you're just 
now you're just like pulling characters out of a hat to add <laughs> conflict. What if we had a character that came in and just didn't have any romance? Love interest. No and love no interest. And they were like, even Master Lee. Master Lee, who is literally the guy without romance. They're he's, like, he's going to have romance. Yep. He's the chaste tea guy. And they were like, uh-uh. He can Which says who? Is, I think it's so frustrating. I think that one was the most frustrating for me because I so badly want an older female who has men fawning over her. I think yes. that's so cool yeah. to be like, they're not all obsessed with these like 25-year-old women. It's not older dudes fawning after younger women. Mm-hmm. It's older dudes fawning after an older woman, a refined yeah. lady. Age-appropriate so cool. women. Yeah. Age appropriate. We love it. We stand. But mm-hmm. then to bring in Master Lee and be like, his whole thing is one, he's got like maybe a 200 year age gap with this woman. So that starts some conflicts. But yeah, uh, more importantly, taking away that age appropriate thing. <laughs> <laughs> taking away the age appropriateness. But more importantly, because that's like, eh, whatever. We've, we've all seen Goblin at this point. <laughs> More importantly, he's the guy that's like, I live forever because I've never fallen in, lo- fallen in love and I don't really care to. Like, I've seen beautiful women before. They're all great. Like, whatever. And then, I don't know, there's just like the first woman who'd ever touched you, whoever like fell into your arms. You didn't have that much of a conversation with her. You don't know that much about her. You're yeah. just like... I'm in love, and I want to cheer for it, but it just feels like the wrong guy for that part. Yeah, I don't, and I don't really care for it because we already have her and the conflict with Park Jin. Yeah, Park Jin, that they have this not maybe entirely healthy relationship (laughs) going on, right? Where it's like when they're friends, it's great. It's perfectly healthy. When they try to be romantic, romantic interests for each other, it starts to err on the side of toxic. Where they're like fighting and picking fights with each other. She misinterprets everything he says. Yeah. And it's not great. And then to have that maybe be her main romance. And then what at that point, what is Master Lee? Is he just, like, fuel for that really toxic flame? Because that feels bad, man. That feels really bad because, yeah, he's the guy who has lived so long and not been interested and all of a sudden there's this interest in this person who's in this really weird on-again, off-again situationship and it's... I don't know. Yeah, that one doesn't feel good to me because, like you said, I want to ship it because I love him. I love her. I I would be totally fine with it if it didn't feel like it was just out of left field and written in just to be a problem. Yeah. Like you said, it feels more like fuel for Park Jin to finally make a move. And I don't really care for Park Jin I think he's a bad dude at this point. I don't like him as a person. I don't... I want him to go away. I don't want him to have good things. Right? I think we're supposed to be, like, feeling some sort of, you know, conflict, but overall positivity for him. But I think they've done a very similar thing with him that they did with Zhang Gong, which is to say there's just this certainty of I'm doing the right thing when it's so clearly not the right thing so constantly, but they're, you know, they, what they say goes and it's the end all be all that it's, it feels so, I don't know. It's just too difficult to yeah root for him at all or feel good about even his positive moments. Cause at any second he'll turn around and be like, Oh yeah, I did this thing that's really good for, you know, Jungkook or whatever. And then immediately go tell someone else how he's really just doing it to keep manipulating Jungkook where it's like, okay, great, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's not like I gave Jungkook this book of poetry to to discover his magical abilities to help him focus and hone his powers. Because 
I think he's really advanced, and uh, I think he can do it, but it will be really difficult. He's like, no, I literally gave him an impossible task so that he could be stuck here forever. Ha ha ha! You're like, oh my god, I just do not feel good for you. I have no... I don't like this back and forth that we get from him, where, yeah, he gets all these cute, sweet moments with Maid Kim that you're like... This is funny, it's a little bit toxic, but like maybe it'll work out in the future. And then him being like the stoic leader of Song Rim, and then him being just the worst dad to Jungkook. Like, yeah. borderline worse than his actual dad. And acting so justified in it because of what yes. Jungkook's dad actually wanted or whatever, where it. <sighs> He's not justified. He's being cruel. Yeah. So I'm done. Ooh. Yeah, that guy is a villain for sure. Yeah. Not happy with Park Jin. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's... Uh. Yeah, he's tough. And then, yeah, we've got the next romance that we've been... So here's the thing. I get... Which one do I want to talk about first? Oh, no. Okay. So I get why everyone and their dog is low-key in love with Mudok. I oh, am you're doing the messier one first. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with the messier. I, I am big time here for everyone being Loki in love with her. Specifically, the one that's the hardest to watch, actually, for me. Okay, well, they're all kind of hard to watch. I really, really, really like the prince's character so much. Oh my much. god, he's so good! He's so good! And so then, it's so hard for him to be just... The hero of uh, fully knowing that she isn't really even in his corner and still showing up for her in her corner when she needs him. And say, I mean, we can say the same thing about Seo Yul, which I think between the two actual romances, because of how much they've given us between Mudok and Seo Yul, I am a little more invested in wishing that was going to be the main romance or whatever. Um, not necessarily, because if they gave me even a pinch more of the prince and Mujak, I would <laughs> probably, that would just tip the tables in that direction because I love him so much. But I, I am so here for, but also simultaneously hurt by the way they show up for her regardless of where her heart and head is at. Like, they are still showing up for her, even though it's so clear she's doing this to be sure to be near her young master, you know, to to be closer yeah. to Jungkook. They're aware of it, and they still show up for her. I love them. I am so sad about the love triangles, love triangles that they have set up here. I get why they're all in love with her. She rocks, but also it's so stressful. <laughs> it's so stressful. I I feel like I've started to, to de-stress in that, like I said, there's so much romance to this show that nothing feels very romantic anymore. That's fair. They're trying to push romance. And I do feel like sometimes it's intentional to withhold romance where the prince almost confesses to Mudok at one point. He's like, I did this purely for you. I made up with Jungkook just to make you happy. And it felt like a confession, but he also says like, but if you get between us again, I will have to kill you first because I'm going to take that guy out. And if you're going to stand in front of him, I'm going to have to take you out. And I thought that was a really cool show of character for him to not be completely simping over this girl. Yeah. Like, he has some awareness still of the situation, which just made me like him more, mm -hmm. but made me kind of get off the romance ship where I'm like, I think he knows that she will never be romantically interested in him. And he's comfortable in being like, I, I might have a crush on you. Mm, I don't know. I think about you all the time, but it's okay that you're not going to be with me. That's okay. And he's like, still helps her out at the test. He still goes to watch her. It feels pretty healthy. And I feel the same way with So Yo. Mm. He goes in the rain. They have that beautiful scene together with the umbrella. They go shopping later. It felt very like maybe another show would push this as a romance. But the stuff he's doing felt just very like the stuff you would do for a friend. 
it I think I said in an earlier episode of ours, I like that he's the character that knows who she is, knows her secret, and might be the one to go to bat when it all falls apart. He might be like, I've known for a while, and uh, she's actually pretty cool. She's yeah. never tried to kill me once, and it's not romantic. And I kind of felt that same way with the cliffhanger with jong Uk, where he's like, I might be a little bit in love with you. And she's like, I might not be. <laughs> yeah. It feels like she's been so consistent about like, I've never seen any of you romantically. And um, I've told you that I've acted that out. So you can be interested in me, but I don't really care for this. And it hurts my heart because I want romance. But like, it's been so consistent that I'm feeling more comfortable with like, she's She's bro-coding every one of these guys. She's very much like, we're all just friends. We're all just friends here. I definitely interpreted the final cliffhanger scene in episode 10 a little bit differently, because to me that read as, I am super, like, I should have protected my heart, because I actually see what he means. Like, I am, I am, the actions I have taken are kind of proving I have feelings for this dude, and I really wish I had maybe guarded myself a little more closely because I I do have the romantic feelings. God damn it. Like she's not stoked because that's not in her character to immediately become completely Twitter pated as soon as she realizes she has the feeling. She's not out here ready to confess. She's kind of locking it down. But She's locking it down because the romantic feelings are there. But yeah, and then on the flip side of that, I feel exactly how you described hers and Seo Yul's relationship. I have felt so much between her and Jong Uk, uh, which is to say my own personal feelings of I would have been completely satisfied if they had kept it like world's best bros between those two. If yes. they had said, this is not a romance, this is about how two people who are a man and a woman, master and pupil, or like pupil and master rather, if we're, you know, going in that order. Yeah, man and woman. Yeah. yeah, man and woman, pupil and master, you know, young master and servant. But it's how these two people can not be romantically involved, but the tightest friendship you'll ever see like they mean yes. they've they've done it all they've meant everything to each other and they didn't fall in love and i would have been totally i i do not envision that ever being in a k-drama right <laughs> so obviously i wasn't delusional enough to actually think that's where it was headed it was obviously going to be the main romance but I would have been totally cool with it had they, because I just was so okay with them showing up for each other in ways that were not romantic, because they did such a good job of, even though it wasn't always, you know, perfect, obviously we've had our complaints about the way he's treated her specifically, but at the end, it was a building relationship, and so it's like, and then here we are, and they're finally showing up for each other exactly, you know, or, or I guess more consistently and I, I would have been totally okay with that. And then her having her own romance, him having his own romance with this new girl who looks like his mom, which is a really weird thing Ew, to do don't to sell. Say that. <laughs> don't say that, made Kim. That's so weird. It's so weird that that's how they're selling this to him. It's so weird. Stop it. You guys are all bringing up how she looks like his mom. Is that not something you would be like, let's keep that on the DL. Yeah. Nobody say anything. If we want them to fall in love, do not bring up how he, she looks like she could have given birth to him. Do not, nobody say that to him. <laughs> she says it to him immediately. She's like, someone said I look like your mom. Like, <laughs> are you trying to woo him or are you trying to scare him off? Because I would never talk to you again. Yeah, you've done a bad job. Ew, okay, yeah. But yeah, I I ship them just fine. She yeah. seems like a nice young lady. Um, She's covered for him a few times. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think it's necessary to have everyone fall in love all the time. But if you're gonna do it, do it, I guess. Have yeah. Soyul and Mudok be together. Have a homegirl whose name I've written down. Hold on. Yunok. Yeah. Have Yunok and Jungkook fall in love. It's gonna be good. Have Mudok and Jungkook just be bros. Yeah. We like that. I would have taken it. I would have loved it, but... Have Choyeon die alone. Absolutely. She deserves nothing. Yeah. 
the rest of them, ship them off. We don't care. But stop doing everybody who makes eye contact falls in love and nobody likes each other. Except maybe Mudok and Jonguk. Like, to your point, I got the same impression from the final scene that she was like, oh, definitely I'm in love with this boy too, but I <laughs> I have no faith anymore. I've said I have faith in the writers. I'm losing it. I'm losing that faith. I think she might be like, so now I'm never going to talk to him again. I'm going to go be a servant in Songrim and avoid him because I can't fall in love. That's not me. Yeah. And uh, she's going to mess this up. I want her to, even if she doesn't want to act on them, it would be really, really cool to see her, her of all people, own her feelings and be like, yeah, I am in love with him. I'm going to just handle that. And that's going to be on me, but he does need to shut up about it, and because <laughs> nothing's happening there. So he does need to fuck off, but I w <laughs> I, we still have a working relationship here. Yeah. Oh, and I, I guess there's been so much back and forth in this whole show that I, again, I feel like everything feels shaky. Nothing feels safe. I just feel like they've told us they're in love or that they have crushes on each other mm -hmm. before I've actually felt it. It's felt like they've had romantic moments together, mm -hmm. but I don't know that I've seen them except this last episode when they were apart. Yeah. We haven't seen them really pine for one another. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, it's them pining was the moment that... I, like, it, that was the part that sold it, but that's really just been happening for the one episode where she was pretty jealous, but sincerely, not the same way as when he was sort of engaged, but a more sincere jealousy where she's holding on to this piece of jade that he gifted her and feeling like it's it was some kind of promise that all of a sudden it doesn't feel like it was, and she's feeling really insecure about that, and that's really the first time we've seen her even acknowledge how much she wanted it to be, and it was one episode, and then, yeah, there was this, not even admission, it was him kind of mansplaining her feelings to her, um, <laughs> and then her inner monologue being like, shit, yeah, but I don't I care guess. for it. Uh-huh. So I cannot imagine the scene ending well. I just... Yeah. I'm so convinced we're going to turn on episode 11, and it's going to be her going like, mm, maybe you just imagined it, and then, like, running off. Yeah. And... I'm really busy now, don't see each so. other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually doing my training to be a servant, so I've got to, like... I've got to go do whatever. It's just like, a bad bro, time if for you me. honestly had just waited, like, three more days, he's already solved the book. You could be his servant again. Yeah. But instead, now you work for Songrim, this completely other employer. You're messing it all up. What's happening? Yeah. What you gonna do? Quit her job? That's gonna suck for that guy that lost to her in the race. Yeah, like, can they hire him instead? Yeah. Huh. Huh. Because that's rough. That's also rough. Like, yeah. now we can transition to the quote-unquote good part, I think, which is that not only did she steal that guy's position, sixth place, sorry, my guy. I know she already had a great job as a servant. She kind of had the <laughs> best deal there was. But she wanted this job as a servant, which is even better somehow. So you can go back to the gutters or wherever. Um, <laughs> on top of stealing that guy's job... She has stolen the body of the Jin daughter, which yes. I think is the coolest storytelling I've ever seen. I thought and so I too. Have so many feelings. They got us. They totally got us. Because remember a couple episodes ago when we were we were talking about how the door opened for her, and we were like, "It's just so yes. stupid because it can only open for so a member." Of the <laughs> and like we knew there was a missing daughter, but I think. At least for me, I was just so convinced that there was a specific way in which she was missing, right? Because they never really explained it was memory loss. They didn't really give us any clues about who she was or what she was like. It felt like a runaway situation to me. Like a person who oh, really? had actively left. 
Because why else would an adult uh, woman? I didn't know that amnesia was a part of it. Why else would an adult woman or blindness? Have we never seen K dramas? We should have done all of these. Yeah, yeah. She's blind. She has amnesia. She was a child. These are the K drama things. These are the K drama things. Yeah, because in my mind, we we knew it was the older sister of um, what's her face? Choyon. Yeah, Choyon. And so I wasn't sure. If I'm sure it said, and I just didn't pay attention, but when she had gone missing, I had this thought that she was probably a teenager that said, I need yes. to get out of here. And she was gone. And uh. and so it didn't even occur to me to think that it was maybe not willing, willingly or that there was something else that could so have... Long. Yeah, could have prevented an adult woman from coming home. And yeah. so... Yeah, my dumb ass was just, like, out here talking mad shit. Like, only a member of the Jin family could possibly okay. open that door. And No, but that's fair. Like, we had no clues, because I thought... I went in a different direction. I thought she was a full adult. Like, maybe she's quite a bit older than Jin Choyan, and that at the age of, you know, 18 or whatever, she goes on a expedition. Mm. I thought she was like, I'm gonna go find more magic items to bring back to our tomb or whatever. Here we go. And then she just doesn't come back from one of the expeditions. Maybe I play too much D&D. That's completely <laughs> where my mind went. If she was like, I'm gonna go on an adventure and then she never comes back and her dad's like, that's not okay. She might still be alive somewhere. Mm -hmm. None of her adventuring party came back. They're all missing. I'm going to go find our daughter. But I thought she was significantly older than the other characters. And that, yeah, she had just gone missing looking for magic items because that's their whole household thing. Yeah. We had no clues. I'm no. trying to give us a break because we sounded dumb as hell two episodes ago. Yeah. Yep. We sounded real uppity about how they were writing <laughs> things. We were throwing a little fit about how it just... Make it make sense. It does. Make it it makes sense. sense. They gave us something that not only made sense for the things that we were crying about, but also for the things that we never questioned, like Mudok isn't turning into a sh soul shifter. Gosh, that's hard to say. She's not a soul shifter. That was a big thing that they've brought up three times, is being like, why is she not eating this body apart? Like, Noxu is one of the most powerful mages this world has ever known. And they're like, oh, because she's in the body of another super powerful mage. You're like, welcome, guys. The most comparably powerful mage out there that could exist, because she's, like, a woman, and she was the only one who could, I don't know, whatever happened with the ice stone, whatever that was, and someone, Jin Mu said she was really powerful, so I believe it. I mean, I believe it. I believe that guy. He's great. Yeah. He never and lies. And so they were the two most comparably powerful female mages, so obviously. But yeah, again, we didn't know that she was, like, mega, mega powerful until Jin Mu told us a little flashback story. And yeah, the villains really had their moments these episodes to get real dramatic and yeah. explain the lore. That queen went real hard with just heel turn, like, I'm wearing a dark cloak and wearing <laughs> dark mask. She just went full Maleficent transformation. Yeah, it felt very Star Wars. It felt very, like, <laughs> this is the villain now. Now that you guys know... Here she is. Yeah, we're not even going to disguise it anymore. We're not going <laughs> to... Now that you know she's a villain, we can dress her like a villain. We had to pretend before, so... <laughs> she just walks around with Jinmu all the time, talking about their evil plans, dressing like a villain. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, cool. All well, right. now we know a lot more about Buyan. Um, And it makes me sad. It makes me so sad that Naksu killed her. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> it's uh... ridiculous. Yeah, I, and that's another thing that has been so inconsistent on, or not inconsistent, I shouldn't say inconsistent because I'm never allowed to second guess anything ever again after this, <laughs> but we know that Buyon's soul is somewhere, maybe just floating around the soul shifter plane because it should oh, have. Oh yeah, she helped Jung-Uk. 
Yeah, it theoretically should have gone into Naksu's body, but didn't, so maybe that also has to do with her being a mage. Maybe has to do with, uh, like, she obviously knows what's going on with Jung-uk, too, because when he almost got soul-shifted, she was there to prevent it or whatever. She's now the soul-shifter guardian, like, she can just show up whenever and... Oh, wait, I think we talked about that. She was probably there because Mudok threw herself at Jung-uk when the soul-shifting was happening, right? But does that mean they're sharing a body? Like... Is that why the soul shifter marks are in her eyes instead of her shoulders? And there's two of them. Is it two souls, one body? Two souls, I've one body. I've seen that before, but I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It kind of makes me sad. Yeah, because what is she seeing and is she just not in control of herself at all at this point? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is she seeing? <laughs> Nothing. She's blind. Uh. Nothing. She's just sitting in the dark in the soul realm. Yeah, what is she aware of? Who knows? Oh, this is too sad to even think about. And obviously, when Mama Jin finds out, she's not going to be happy. It's not going to be good. That's some season two stuff. It's got to be, right? They cannot tackle that in season one. Yeah, we only have ten episodes <laughs> That's we actually only have a ten lot. episodes. We're halfway through. <laughs> it feels like we're more than halfway through, but also you cannot introduce that Naksu stole the Jin daughter's body. Like that's too much. That is too much. That is very. It is very. It has some pretty stressful implications. I will give. It, I will say that much. We were already stressed about her stealing literally anybody's body. Yeah. This poor blind girl already stressed us out enough and now you're like this poor blind girl she's a main character what's up (laughs) and naksu killed her naksu killed her and then okay and that's a whole are they gonna if she comes back are they gonna give her are they gonna throw her in the love triangle because i hate that (laughs) (laughs) is she gonna get moony eyes for the crown prince because that'll get so messy oh no she'll she's in love with the crown prince but he's in love with Naksu Mudok, but Buyol Mudok is in love with Crown Prince, but then uh, someone's probably in love with Buyol, obviously. Why wouldn't they be some person? Maybe that one guy that works probably with- Probably Soyul. Yeah. Soyul will also be in love with her, but then there's that with Soyi is in love with Soyul, and we've got- <sighs> Only Juwal is single. She's a single lady and she loves it. I love and I love that for her because she's the only one holding it down out here. I really She's the only one holding it down. She goes and asks the guards if they're okay. Yeah. Oh, I love her. She's a good girl. She's a good girl who's kind of a problem. She's a shitster, but we love her. Oh, for real, yeah. <laughs> I love her for that. Remember when she showed up to check if the guards were okay and then started talking mad gossip shit like immediately? Yep. Yeah, but not in, like, a problem-solving way. I thought she was going to chase down Zoe and be like, people can't just pretend to be mages. I'm going to go find that girl. Mm -hmm. Instead, she's just like, let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about it. What are you doing? The most gossipy I But it's so in character, right? She lives in, like, Gossip Central, and so it's kind of perfect that she's like, let's talk about things that are illegal, like what that girl probably just did, or powerful mage, who's to judge? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's honestly just sit back and see what happens. But also, those guards are absolute fools for being tricked by Zoe. She yeah. literally was just like, I'm a mage from a powerful family, let me in. And they're like, slapped him. my bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not magic. You just slapped him. Yeah. And then he believed you. Yeah, I didn't really understand that whole... I was really mad about... I just feel like the persuasion check wasn't as good as they made it seem, right? The deception check was not good. I don't... And I don't even... I know it's a cheap trick, but I wouldn't even be mad if she had used a cheap trick like flash paper, that stuff that just like lights a fire in your hand. Yeah. If she had been like, I'm a powerful mage, and then just like... Like, a little bit of fire pops out from her hand. And then those those dumb guards were just like, that looked like guards. magic to me. 
that's magic. She just did magic. And you're like, that's science, but we'd love to see it. I think that would be cool. But instead, she slaps him in the face and is like, I'm a mage now. Yeah. What? What is happening? I don't, I don't understand. I I like her sleight of hand stuff. I did not get, yeah, the persuasion stuff. It's fine. We'll get more of her. Um, I like her for how much she has revealed about Mudok. Right? That's really cool. Yeah, she just walked in and started, like, stealing shit and telling secrets. Yep, that's all we needed from another character. Thank yeah. you. Um, really quick, I don't even really- I, I don't want to dwell on it unless you feel like you have a need to dwell on it. The Dongu and, um, what's her face? We've said her name. Choyon. I keep forgetting her name because I just don't care about her. Um, <laughs> but they're doing stuff that's fine. I I think that really where Dongu shined this episode was when he was the only person just straight up being a non-romantic feelings friend to Mudok. That was great. I mean, I love when the crown prince gets friends, period, because right? he's my favorite character. Yeah, he really and needs a friend. It's very sweet and pure that it's Dongu and Soyol. I... I do get mad. I think it's kind of a common K-drama thing. I do get mad when they suddenly turn on him and they're like, okay, have a good day. Uh, go back to the <laughs> capital or whatever. And I'm like, Bye. no, you're friends. Hang you guys, out with him. You guys just did, you guys just did hero stuff together. Be friends. You did main quest stuff. Yeah. Be friends already. What are you talking about? Just go home. Um, No, he's here to hang out with you. Yeah, rude. But it was cute. And Dongu being like, she's never going to pass this test. We got to get her this cheat sheet. Yes. What a homie. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I thought you guys were just taking it for fun. I didn't know the whole plan was to be like, she'll never pass. I was thinking that, like, I, so I love that they helped her. But I was kind of thinking it would have been a really good comedic value moment if she had done the whole test and had already figured it out and they um like brought it in to try to get her to switch it and she like looked at the answers and she was like these fucking idiots and like <laughs> submitted her own test and passed oh that would have been good i would have really i, I would have loved yeah. to see it i think they could have pulled it off with everybody except soyol like he is i feel like they've said that he is the smartest bestest mage boy yeah. And they've proven it, to me at least. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed. Right, so they've sold me if on they him. had sold him out in that way, I would be like, oh, I don't know. But I guess, yeah, it was like, it was servant knowledge. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily know how to get ink stains out of clothes. Yeah, and she was just out here like, I've been doing this for a couple months. I, I can't do magic, so I had to learn some other shit, so... <laughs> And also, she lived on her own in the woods for, like, the last 15 years. Yeah. I don't know. Like, she taught Seo Yul how to cook and hated every moment of it, but he was obviously enraptured, so... Yeah! So it would totally make sense if she was like, um, there were a couple questions. The party stuff took me a minute. All the other stuff, I nailed it. But yeah, I do feel like they made up for it with the other tests yeah. and having her do it completely on her own. I was going to be wildly disappointed if they made the whole thing about her cheating her way through. Yeah. They're like, no, no, no. She's capable. She's competent. Yeah. And all of her, like, all of her practical knowledge, written knowledge is shaky. But, because, like, it was all the party stuff, like you said, where she, she doesn't really care about or go to parties. But she's real good at her knife skills are immaculate. Mm -hmm. She She's great with practical knowledge. She's great with her hands. She knows what she's doing. I did. She's I, got the rest of this. I loved that. There was something else about the test that I was like, I can't think of what it was. It feels like there was something else I was going to say about how rad she was at all of those parts or something where I was like, eh. That's fair. I really like, I don't. I doubt this was it, because it wasn't, like, that outstanding, but I did like how the race ended, where I fully expected it to be a romance moment, where Jong-uk finally gets released from confinement, and he goes to see Mundok at the finish line, and he's like, you can do it! And that's when she gets the will to, like, run faster, 
I am head over heels absolutely in love with her finding inner strength to do that and being like, no, I'm Naksu. This is why I'm running this race, because I can do anything. Here I go. I'm going to win on my own terms. And like, that's where it comes from. It's not from all of the many, many boys that are in love with her. Yeah. It's from herself. Love it. it. Yeah. The one thing I was thinking, um, different from what I had just mentioned of not knowing what I was going to say, but I did have a thought that would have been really interesting, mostly if the crown prince was the main romance. I thought he might walk up and get everyone to bow down and she would be the only one that was like, don't give a shit, gotta pass a test. (laughs) And like just ran past him and he knew she would because she's filthy (laughs) Mudok. I I thought that that would maybe happen. But like you said, it would have been disappointing in that... I wanted her to be able to do it herself. So maybe if she had done the test herself or something, and then he was like, except what I do know is that everyone has to stop when I walk up. And so, but she won't because she... She won't? She doesn't, so... Because we have that relationship, we have that back and forth, so she's not going to stop. She's going to run right past me and she's going to win the race. (laughs) (laughs) But if if he was the main romance, that's what would have happened, but... Also, I don't know why yes. she would have been in that position if he was the main romance, so. <laughs> they really lost an opportunity by not making him the main romance. <laughs> Her life could have been so much easier. She would have just had to hide who she was forever and never try and be a mage again, which I think is sad for her. But other stuff would have been a lot easier. Yeah, so. Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a spinoff. <laughs> what do uh, we think? Alternate universe? Let's do all the different alternate universes instead of um, having a bunch of love triangles. If you want her, to, if you want everyone to be in love with her, what if we just did different universes in which she had romances with each of them? Ooh, I like that a lot better. Yeah, there's too. <laughs> I never thought I'd say these words. There's too much romance. There's too much. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I'm worn out. I can't do this. I'm worn out. I don't feel butterflies when people are making moon eyes at each other. It it doesn't matter to me. So let's do spinoffs. Let's split these people up. I do know that if I could feel something again, I would want Mudok to be with every one of her love interests. They're all so interesting in their own unique ways. Yep. But I just... Oh, I'm tired. I'm so tired of everybody being in love with everybody all the time. Yeah. So nobody be in love, please. I do not care for it. I don't like it. I don't want it. I, okay, immediate backtrack. (laughs) Maybe I'm excited for Jungkook and Mudok to be together in that Park Jin has finally put something together Mm. that is very much like, they're a little too codependent. Like, I get People have asked for their servants to be let in here before, but uh, these two were desperate for each other. And uh, at first, he was very like, she must be your go-between between you and your master. Loved that. I love the misdirect. He figures it out pretty quickly that, like, she's a little more than that. You're a little bit too desperate to get Mudok in here. Yeah. So, like, say it's a romantic thing. Say it's because you're in love with her. Yep. It'll throw him off the track. He doesn't know anything about love. He'll probably say something really shitty about it, but better than him finding out that she's Naksu, so... And a soul shifter. Yes. You've got some big secrets to hide, so just tell Park Jin you're in love and that's why you wanted to be together. Please, please, please. Yeah. That would be a good redirect. Oh, um, sorry. This is such a heel turn to... Speaking of redirects, I guess that we'll make that a segue. Um, real quick, the you know how I've just been since the beginning because the way they treat women in this show frustrates me to no end. Um, just generally, like obviously there's cool women, like female characters, but just generally the fact that every woman has to have some kind of romantic entanglement and they are the only time they're in positions of power is if like. They're either the villain or their sole focus is on something else. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, They did finally do a moment that passed the Bechdel test. So, haha, we did it. Nice. Yeah. It was between uh, maidservant Kim and, um, what is her name? Uh, Maidservant Park. 
Oh. Where for the first time. Cool. They talked about, like, Maidservant Kim bribed Maidservant Park, and they weren't talking about a man. They were talking about trying to get uh, Mujok into the servant position, so. So not our best. It's Maid Kim's low point, <laughs> but uh, it passed. It passed the test. It passed so the test. Go. It, the test is a low bar, but it passed. <laughs> and pretty much no other episode can say that much. So, Ooh. <laughs> that's pretty exciting. I yeah, I think we get a lot of scenes between Mama Jin and her daughter Choyun, where they talk about the missing daughter, and they're kind of they're pretty dry. They're pretty <sighs> not memorable. Never I know. exclusively though, because you like it's always been in reference to like, well, can I have her room so I can be there when I get married? And her mom's like, no, you can't. Because she's I coming home. I swear there was one in this episode where they just talked about her missing. Maybe it's when it's she with comes her husband. Um, okay. And it was just like, oh, I guess technically, if we count her talking to the person who was not her daughter, the woman who was not her daughter, they were just talking about whether or not she was her daughter. I don't know if that and counts. And there's like a half scene before that where she ordered, Mama Jin orders Choyun to destroy the magic items that were broken. And that's like, um, that's the whole scene. That pa- passes, I guess. Yep. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. We get four seconds, but it's two women talking about magic. And it's that's cool. Yeah. It's a pass. A pass is a pass. It's a pass. Ah, <gasps> Okay. Um, I, I don't know if I have anything else except we have a favor to ask our audience, but we'll, we'll finish up our Alchemy of Souls talk before we do our favor. Yeah, I think I don't have anything else if you don't have anything else. Yeah, I think I'm okay. Okay, cool. I'm looking through my notes. I think that's all I had. We did good. We did good. Um, yeah, so I think, well, let's just get that, like, the, the ask out of the way and then we can do our, our, regularly scheduled housekeeping yeah if you think that we did good maybe you could help us out we're trying to get our podcast on a podcast network so that we can get monetized so that we can grow our audience get our quality a little higher do a lot more bonus content we want to have a better podcast and we want to do it within the next few months because i'm looking for jobs So either, this is not to be a threat, it might sound threatening, either I get a regular 9 to 5 and I have a little less time to devote to the podcast and we have to roll things back, or we make the podcast our job. And that would be super cool because we've been doing it for like 6 or 7 years for free and we've freaking loved it. So it would be really cool to make this our jobs. But we need help. We need a company to help us do that. I have been sending messages to Dive Studios, D-I-V-E. I don't know if they like it or not, but if you guys also wanted to send them messages, they have really cool podcasts about Korean content, Korean-oriented content. So if you're like, hey, I like Plan K, I would love if they were even better. And I think you could do that, Dive. That would be really cool. It would mean a lot to us. And it might help us up our podcast game. Yeah. A little shout out. And yeah, it. we had kind of talked about it in our bonus, uh, like our Patreon chat. Sorry, I, ha- I don't know if the big rip of thunder or the dog crying about the r- big rip of thunder that just came through picked up on the mic, but now the dogs are trying to break into my room because they're sad and scared. So I'll just be really quick. We talked about this very briefly, not briefly at all, on our pre-show chat of just, like, how much we would, like, we really want to engage more with the podcast, but because of, um, you know, time constraints. With it not being our financial income, it's a lot harder to, you know, carve out that time for it, and we would love to do that. So it's really just a thought that, like, you know, maybe if you were thinking about reviewing the podcast and that's the amount of time that you even wanted to take... Instead, yeah, maybe like just writing a quick message of like, hey, the content really matches. We'd love to see this podcast on the network, um, on, on Dive's uh, network would be, you know, it would be like about the same amount of time and effort as dropping a review for us on iTunes. Yeah. 
if you want to do both, that'd be even better. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if we had the, the reviews, then that would also be like a... Look what we have. Reviews saying yeah. that people like our content, so... People like our content, so please pick us up. Ooh, ooh. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our little favor. If you feel it in your heart, it would be great. It would help us out a lot. Otherwise, there are plenty of places you can reach out and contact us, and we will get back to you whenever we can, because we absolutely love to hear from you guys. It always makes our day. The easiest place to reach us is plankpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and then we also have uh, our website where you can find our episodes. You can sign up for our newsletters. You can find our links to our affiliates. Uh, All of that can be found at playonk.com. Yeah, you can find us on different social media services. There's Instagram. We are at playonkpodcast. Twitter at playonk or... (laughs) The app previously known as Twitter. That's going to take some getting used to. <laughs> we don't have We're to do it. We're at K. <laughs> or TikTok at K underscore Emily. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think that's just about it since we always already mentioned how much reviews help us out. We also have a Patreon if you want to directly support our show. Yep. That also really, really helps us out. Um, that's patreon.com slash playonk. Yeah, and Raquel briefly mentioned our pre-ramble is always up there. It's extra long this week, yeah, so... we went way hard. If you do want to subscribe, check it out. It's a 40-minute <laughs> pre-ramble. Oops. <laughs> it's like another whole episode. <laughs> it is. Um, We've got another break coming up pretty soon here. When I move back to the States, we will be off for a couple weeks. Not this time, but in a couple episodes. So just prepare yourselves. Just get ready for that little break. Yeah. Um, But we will see you next week for the next two episodes of Alchemy of Souls. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye, 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 bye.